What if I could share with you the worst day of my professional life? Without fear of judgment or ridicule and without loss of respect. Could we learn together from my experience? Case Matters, a podcast series created for Australian dental practitioners, intends to do just that, to create a shared experience where all points of view are explored to help empower safer practice. Hello, my name's Dr. Annalee Weston, dental legal consultant at Dental Protection, and I'm going to guide you through today's case entitled, You're a Butcher. A distressing accusation, and as you will see, very much undeserved. In this case, as with others, there are many conflicting points of view, and we hope to show you just how conflicting as we move through this case. A great deal of dentistry has historically been based in the amputation of diseased tissue, whether that be diseased tooth tissue or the entire diseased tooth. While the barber surgeons of the past are firmly in our rearview mirror, and relatively atraumatic extractions are no longer an aspirational concept but a reality. Nevertheless, the unpredictability of the human body means that sometimes extractions are indeed highly traumatic. Miss Swan had a hypermineralized tooth number 36 that had been patched with glass ionomer many times as a child. Anaesthetizing the tooth had always proven to be a challenge. Ultimately, Miss Swan had had her tooth 3-6 extirpated when she was a teenager, an event she recalled vividly. She did not return for the obturation, and with the passage of time, tooth number 3-6 had structurally deteriorated, but it didn't hurt after the extirpation, so Miss Swan was uninspired to seek the recommended continuation of care. Over the years, she pushed the tooth to the back of her mind, but things were about to change. My tooth is so sore and I really don't understand why as I never use it. I only eat on the other side and sometimes my jaw gets really clicky and aches because of it. The pain I originally had with this tooth was pretty predictable. So while it was awful, I knew how to avoid it. And then after that psycho woman dentist, Dr. Lee pulled out the nerve, I'll confess it didn't really hurt as much again, but now it's sore to touch. Even if I press against it with my tongue and the pain's waking me up at night. There's no way I'm ever setting another foot in Dr. Lee's room again. My mum sees this other male dentist, has done for years, so I might try him. Miss Swan booked in to see Dr. King, an experienced practitioner, and I'll ask him to let us know what he found on assessment. Miss Swan presented as a young, healthy, but highly anxious patient. She's very reluctant to sit in the chair and had to be coaxed, which is never a good sign. She was clearly in pain, so I didn't take it personally. Examination revealed 3.6 to be hypermineralized and chipped with a patchwork of glass ionomer restorations in place. The PA confirmed that a root filling had been started but not finished. Periodontal probing revealed a deep seven millimeter pocket associated with the distal root of this tooth with no other pocketing evident in her mouth. This led me to believe we had a vertical root fracture and therefore the tooth is now unrestorable. Dr. King broke the news to Miss Swan, who was understandably disappointed. I can't believe this tooth needs to come out. That's devastating, but I'm not surprised. It's been nothing but trouble my whole life. I guess I'll be better off without it. Dr. King seems nice enough, though his hands are massive. I can't imagine how he's going to fit them in my mouth. But maybe big hands are a bonus when you're pulling out teeth. I don't know. Look, I've got the rest of the day off. And I have that 30th on the weekend, and I don't want to have a toothache for that. 
she's hired an awesome venue and the accommodation has cost a fortune. I'm here now. I'll just get it done. I went through the extraction procedure with Miss Swan, starting with her medical history. She reported just taking the pill and no other medications. I advised her the tooth was brittle and may need to come out in pieces, and that I suspected the tooth was broken underneath the gum. I told her that I might need to raise a flap and take some bone away if I couldn't get all of the pieces of the tooth out, and that she may leave with stitches. Finally, I gave her a range of costs dependent upon the complexity of the extraction. Does that all sound reasonable to you? And are there any additional steps that you would or would not have taken? Do you believe verbal consent alone is sufficient in a situation of this nature to proceed with treatment? And what do you think is going to happen next? Let's check in with Dr. King. Fortunately, I was able to get Miss Swan nice and numb, although I did preemptively administer two blocks and a long buckle. And I also put a bit of local intrapapillary just to make really sure. I elevated the tooth with my favourite Coupland's number two elevator and felt like I was getting reasonable movement, but as anticipated, the tooth decoronated and shattered. What in the world was that noise? It was really loud. And, and then I felt lots of bits and pieces on my tongue. They started pulling my cheek really hard and they started coming at me with that knife. No way. I put my hand up for him to stop. He nearly slashed me. Now that made me jump. I did tell Miss Swan to raise her hand if she needed me to stop, but I didn't expect her to do it while I was actually working on the tooth. I reassured her that we had expected the tooth would break and that making a little window in the gum would help me see the rest of the tooth. Dr. King raised a flap and was able to deliver the mesial portion of the tooth reasonably quickly. The distal part of the tooth, however, kept splintering, so Dr. King advised Miss Swan he would need to remove some bone to access the root. He needs to do what? What in the world is going on here? I feel like I should walk out, but I'm pretty confident he said he had to cut my cheek open to get my tooth, so I can't go until he stitches it back. I hope I don't get a scar. This is terrifying. I think I'm going to be sick. So much blood. It's all over his gloves. It can be quite confronting to realise how patients interpret our explanations and consequently what they believe or imagine we're doing. When you consider it from this patient's perspective, it's easy to understand why so many people are frightened of the dentist. Well, that was relatively straightforward. I'll need to pop some surgery cell in. She's quite a bleeder. I'll place a horizontal mattress suture to try and stabilise the carp. And then two or three interrupted sutures along the incision line should do the trick. Though she's still losing, uh, best keep her here for a little longer. Oh, so much blood, so much blood. When he sat me up, it was all I could see. His working table had bloody pieces of material all over it and bits of tooth and what looked like my skin. There was blood on the light handle and the big sucker. I really feel dizzy. I wonder how much blood I've actually lost. Miss Swan continued to ooze and a concerned Dr King went through her medical history with her again. Well, that explains it. She takes high dose turmeric for an old netballing injury. I wish she'd disclosed this to me before when I took the medical history as I could have prepared both of us for the likely issues with haemostasis. Never mind, I've done all I can and we have a nice clot there now. Dr King discharged Miss Swan with some post-operative instructions. However, Miss Swan would not leave until she saw her face. What a strange request. Please don't let him cut my face. Please let my face be okay. 
Miss Swan's initial relief at the absence of external cuts or stitches quickly turned to horror when she saw how red and swollen her cheek was. And then she opened her mouth. What a horrible mess. The inside of my mouth looks like chopped liver. How is this ever going to heal? Regretfully, Dr. King is blissfully unaware of Miss Swan's anguish as he's diligently disposing of his sharps at this time. Miss Swan wobbled out to reception to settle her invoice. Unbelievable. The bill is the biggest number from his estimate. Of course it is. Miss Swan went home, and taking Dr. King's advice to rest up a little too readily, she went to bed. She awoke to a red, wet pillow. I'm going to need a blood transfusion at this rate. This is ridiculous. As the LA wore off and the surgical site began to ache, Miss Swan reached her level of tolerance. Unbelievable. This is the worst. I've lost so much blood. It's all over my pillow. It's my new linen from DJ's. It's just ruined. It might not seem a big deal to Mr. Big Shot Dentist, but I have to save up for weeks for this. My whole cheek is puffed up. The inside of my mouth looks like something out of Stranger Things. No, I can't stay like this. It's not right. And he has the audacity to blame my turmeric for all of these problems and accuse me of withholding information. Hardly. Heaps of people take turmeric, and I don't see them bleeding out and looking like a demigorgon. No, this is wrong. So wrong. I need action. Miss Swan took an Uber to the local emergency department. The house officer wasn't sure how to help, so he sought a Maxfax consult. The Maxfax was unconcerned by what she saw and simply administered a Marcane block for some longer-acting pain relief, and she sent Miss Swan home, believing her to be reassured. Miss Swan went home and slept. When she awoke, dehydrated, hungry and overwhelmed, she penned the following letter to the practice. I'm writing because I never want anyone to go through what I have experienced. I saw Dr. King, the butcher of Brisbane, for an extraction two days ago. I went in for a consultation and he decided to take the tooth out there and then. I now believe that this was financially motivated as he charged me the maximum fee he could for the treatment he provided. I believe he should have considered bringing me back, ensuring I had someone to bring me home, as he should have known how traumatic the extraction was going to be. It took him several attempts to get me fully numb, and then he shattered the tooth by gripping it too hard and trying to remove it from my mouth with brute force and no planning or technique. Then he cut me inside my mouth to get the tooth out. My cheeks and gums are so mangled that I do not believe they're ever going to heal properly. I was forced to go to the emergency room as I was in so much pain and had lost so much blood. The doctor there needed to summon a specialist and he administered a long-acting pain medicine and clotting agent. I could tell from his face he was appalled by the treatment. I've subsequently seen my GP who has given me endone for the pain and I cannot work or drive. I was shocked at the appointment when Dr. King advised me that the bleeding was due to my turmeric. I don't believe that a naturally occurring herb could have that effect Otherwise, it would have to be provided by prescription, or at least over the counter at the pharmacist with warning. I think he is making excuses. I was also advised by Dr. King that I should take Nurofen and Panadol for the pain. I believe that he is irresponsible to tell me to take both, as it could risk a chance of overdosing. Also, if my pain could be managed in this way, then my GP would not have given me endone. I firmly believe this dentist is a butcher who should not be permitted to practice. He is clearly out of date with current practice and medications and is a danger to society. As a result of my complaint, I want compensation for my pain and suffering, which may never come to an end if I don't heal. 
I want to be paid for my time off work. And finally, I had an expensive trip planned and paid for that I cannot attend. I've been advised that the money I'd paid cannot be refunded to me, and so I expect this to be factored into my compensation payment. You have 72 hours to respond before I speak to a lawyer and report you to APRA. I know my rights. Let's hear Dr King's initial reaction to this latter. What the hell? This is completely outrageous. I'm so offended. Butcher of Brisbane. I can't believe a sensible adult would revert to name-calling. That said, she has not exactly demonstrated herself to be sensible. Let's see, she didn't disclose her medical history and now seems to be blaming me for the lack of regulation surrounding alternative medicines, rather than calling my mobile as recommended on the post-op instruction sheet. She's taken herself off to the ER of all places and wasted the time of two registrars and then to top it off, managed to get herself some endone of all things. Let's not forget the simple fact that she left an extirpated and dressed hypomineralized tooth to the point of significant pain and in a condition that despite my best efforts necessitated a surgical extraction. I'm cross that the administration of two blocks, which I saw as an act of kindness, has been misconstrued to be evidentiary of a lack of competence on my part. That really is too much. It's too much. I'm going to write the draft of what I want to say in response to get it off my chest, and then I'm going to call dental protection. As I've been in this game long enough to know that your first response to a complaint isn't necessarily the response you actually want to present to a patient. Wise words from Dr. King indeed. Dr. King spoke to one of our dental legal consultants, Kieran, and I'll hand over to him now. Dr. King was understandably upset when he called through to the advisory line. He felt very strongly that the complaint was unfair that the patient was over-dramatizing standard post-operative pain, and she ought to take some responsibility for her post-operative bleeding, which he felt was caused by her turmeric. While Dr. King may not have treated the post-operative bleeding any differently, he felt that he had been denied the opportunity to be on the front foot with its management. I reviewed Dr. King's draft, which by his own admission could not be sent without some modification. It needed a bit of work. I recommended that Ms. Swan be invited in for a review of her healing and to talk through her concerns. If she refused to attend, I recommended that Dr. King refer her to be assessed by a colleague. By way of explanation for this step, at this moment, although she feels very wronged, Ms. Swan has not suffered any actual harm. She's mostly concerned about what ifs and what could be's and is catastrophizing the outcomes. Having her assessed would not only set her mind at rest, but also would enable us to ascertain whether Ms. Swan is experiencing any aberrant healing conditions that need to be addressed. We could use this to also assess whether Ms. Swan's request for compensation was reasonable and ought to be considered. It is often the case that we need to give colleagues advice that they don't actually want to hear. However, our primary role is to protect the practitioner their registration and their reputation. And so all the advice is given to you with this firmly in mind. In almost every instance, looking after your patient well looks after you, the practitioner, also. Dr. King's discomfiture was, however, about to grow. Dr. King accepted my advice regarding referring Ms. Swan, and we agreed that she ought to be offered a second opinion with his experienced female associate in the first instance. I then had to give him some feedback about his records as they did not meet the dental board standards. 
Dr. King was quite affronted to be provided that feedback, and while he was not discourteous, I knew this was a push too far for him. I offered to email him the resources for him to review, and we agreed he would let me know how Miss Swan was. Fat chance I'm doing those record keeping modules. I don't want to seem like I think I know everything, but you don't get to me my age without learning how to write records. I don't think there is anything in those modules I need. While Miss Swan healed uneventfully and was reviewed and reassured by Dr. King's associate, she couldn't get over this perceived injustice of the day's events. Dr. King had, with Kieran's help, written a letter of explanation for Miss Swan, and all of her reviews had been at no charge. But she still felt that she'd been treated really shabbily and that she'd been charged very heavily. She resented missing out on her friend's party and was cross that her cost for this event could not be recovered. She also forgot how much pain she'd been in before she saw Dr. King and only remembered the pain after. Miss Swan made a complaint to Artpra regarding the fees paid and her perceived rough handling by Dr. King. Artpra contacted Dr. King to request he respond to the allegations and Dr. King dutifully contacted Dental Protection for some assistance. I was really cross to get the notification from Artpra. It's the first time I've ever had a formal complaint in my whole career. But Kieran helped me with my draft response and I felt I was able to get my point across well. Artpra reviewed the matter and made the following findings. Miss Swan raised a number of concerns regarding her treatment by Dr. King. Taking each one in turn and starting with the treatment provided, it is clear that the treatment was appropriately planned and performed to the expected standard and in accordance with the relevant guidelines and clinical standards. Dr. King did take and document an appropriate medical history and recognize the role of the turmeric in the difficulty in achieving prompt hemostasis, albeit after the event. Ms. Swan's letter confirms Dr. King's position that the regular consumption of turmeric was not disclosed at all during the pretreatment discussions. Broadly, the post-operative management and care of Ms. Swan was appropriate particularly the facilitation of the continuity of care after Ms. Swan indicated that she had lost trust in Dr. King. Review of the matter did, however, reveal that Dr. King's records fell below the expected standard. As Dr. King did not acknowledge this deficiency in his submission, and as his CPD log does not reflect any recent postgraduate education in this area, the board decided to issue Dr. King with a caution and place the condition on his registration that he undertake a minimum of four hours face-to-face -face education on clinical records with a board-approved educator. Further, the board placed the condition that Dr. King provide 10 sets of de-identified records to a board-approved auditor for review. Following his education, Dr. King must provide a reflective report. The board believes that these conditions are proportionate and required to rectify the identified deficiencies in Dr. King's practice of dentistry and to protect the public. The cost of these conditions are to be met by Dr. King. Does this outcome surprise you? Do you agree that it is proportionate and required? And let's hear what both Dr. King and Miss Swan think. I'd forgotten all about the complaint I made, so the letter from Arthur came as a bit of a surprise to me. At first, I was a bit disappointed that Dr. King didn't have a more serious outcome and that nothing was found to be wrong with the treatment he provided. But then I realised I was being a bit petty, to be honest. After all, I'm fine now. 
whole matter really hasn't entered my mind for ages. I've just been getting on with my life. And Dr. King? Extraordinary. I wasn't expecting this at all. I've been waiting for this outcome somewhat anxiously. I'm not going to lie. But I'd hoped that the whole nonsense was going to be dismissed so I would be vindicated and I could get on with my life. It would be an understatement to say I'm disappointed with the outcome and I am very embarrassed to have visible conditions on my registration. I do hope no one looks me up and sees them. I'm also embarrassed I didn't listen to Kieran when he recommended I undertake some preemptive CPD. It isn't that I didn't respect his opinion. I just felt like he was going over the top a bit. And I was so confident in my treatment and that the board would see Miss Swan was overreacting that I didn't find the time and I really should have. Well, I'm going to have to find the time now, aren't I? Because the conditions aren't going to meet themselves. I'll have to give Kieran a call, cap in hand, and ask him if he can help me find an educator and also an auditor. I'll also need some guidance about a reflective report. Many practitioners can dismiss the recommendations made by the dental legal consultant if they relate to issues that the practitioner feels are perhaps peripheral to the matter, such as their administration. We see this very human reaction for what it is, and we never hold it against you. We don't even say, I told you so. We always help. I put Dr. King in touch with a practitioner who we know writes quality education for practitioners in such situations. Likewise, we have practitioners who are skilled auditors and who are always happy to assist dental protection members. As a favour to us, they don't charge the earth, mostly do it through the goodness of their heart and to help their fellow practitioners. Finally, I directed Dr. King to the ARPA resources on writing a reflective report and I proofread what he wrote and gave him some pointers. Pleasingly, ARPRA were then able to remove the conditions on his registration. Well, that's six months of my life I'm not going to get back. I must admit, though, once I got over the initial indignation of having my record keeping criticised and I knuckled down to it, I actually got a lot out of the education and auditing. The practitioner Kieran recommended was just great. They walked me through everything and they didn't judge me. I was pretty ashamed of myself when I realised how far below the standard I had fallen, as I'd always just strived to be a quality practitioner. Well, I've realised now that I can't practise quality dentistry without quality records, and I understand how I can achieve that. Kieran was great too, really supportive through it all. I think it has been worthwhile, although I still wish I'd taken it seriously before the board directed me to. I guess an old dog can learn new tricks. A good outcome for Dr. King, who showed his true colours and professionalism by dismissing his initial emotional responses to feedback he didn't like from the patient, from Kieran and from the dental board. And instead, he dug into his integrity using this experience as an opportunity to learn and grow. What will you take away from this case? We'd love to hear from you. Thank you all for joining us today, and I hope you enjoyed listening to this edition of Case Matters. The cases discussed in Case Matters are presented as an educational aid to dental protection members and to act as a risk management tool. They're based on issues arising in dental protection cases in Australia, and some facts have been altered to preserve confidentiality. If you like dental protection podcasts and you'd like to hear more, please subscribe and leave a review.